I'm glad it's over. <laughs> it's over. I do appreciate you starting me off with Outlast because <laughs> the jump scares weren't too bad because they're not like gory, inhumane things. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's different for mm-hmm. sure. But hey, you don't have to do any more horror for quite oh, some yeah. time. Out of context summary. Mm-hmm. In this episode, there's a rat baby. You have to go to the bathroom, but it's occupied. And we're stalked by a teddy bear. Thank you for coming back from our replay reviews. My name is Leah. And my name is Kathy. We are two friends who are here to replay, review, and analyze your favorite video games. And since Kathy has never seen the games before, it helps me view them through her fresh eyes, almost like I'm discovering them again for the first time. We hope it will be a similar experience for you. Scene one, we are on the hunt for the fourth piece of the painting. So there's a moment where we go into like a kid's room and there's like drawings all over the floor and it's obviously done by a kid with some crayons. And in all the different doors that he opens up, there's different words. I think one's like selfish. Then you fast forward into seeing a murdery drawing and there's that black tar. I'm assuming it's associated with our main character. And I feel like the kid, like the way it implies is the kid's calling him selfish. Mm-hmm. And then he's, or she later commits murder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> we find a party hat on a stuffed bear. And when it's picked up, the voice says, Ugh. Hey, what is that? Wait, what day is it? It's Sunday. You mean I... Well, why didn't you come and get me? God damn it! You know how I get when I'm caught up in my work! Well, the real question is, was he busy painting or was he busy just being drunk? I mean, he says he's caught up in his work, but what does caught up in my work really mean? Pretty quickly after that, I think there's a teddy bear in the window, like 3 minutes 14 seconds, staring at us. But right next to it, uh, right next to the, the peeping teddy, we find a pair of baby shoes, which reveals the next memory. <laughs> Sweet Jesus! Did you just buy half of the department store? Honey, you don't even know yet if it's going to be a boy or a girl. So confirmed. She's pregnant now. Mm-hmm. Anything before the checkers? Well, there's also, like, a heart drawing on the wall, and you can hear it, like, actually beating Mm -hmm. and then there's like crying along with it that's really the first time we've seen drawings on the wall that move Mm -hmm. and i don't know if we see that again so i'm not exactly sure what that symbolizes but we play the game of checkers that's right by this drawing seemingly with a ghost we pick up one of the checkers and here you beat me again (laughs) sometimes i wonder why i even bother Good thing we didn't bet on it. (laughs) What? What's so funny? What's going on here? Why is she laughing after he said, good thing we didn't bet on it? I mean, it's a losing bet for him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't understand that. I don't know what she's laughing about. Things get really uh, baby-themed and doll-themed for the next few minutes. And, like, I'm sorry. I, I find it all to just be hilarious. 
Especially mm-hmm. the baby running into the wall. <laughs> There's this doll yeah. just sprinting and then it hits the, hits the wall. There's a lot of dolls in this part, though. Dolls falling from the ceiling. Just, it's a lot of creepy dolls in a single room. It's funny to me. I feel like it's supposed to be more scary than funny. But to me, it just feels like one of those comedy horror movies. In the middle of all this baby doll stuff, we find a perfume bottle and hear the woman's voice again saying, I had the most beautiful dream last night. I dreamt he came to me, embraced me, loved me, as he once did. But we both know that while I dreamed my silly little dream, it was you, it was you he really lusted for. So is this the same voice that we heard previously? Yes, but I'm thinking there's actually a third person. So we know there's the Mm -hmm. main character, there's probably his wife that I'm thinking is the same person throughout the game. And then you have the the child, and I'm thinking it's this third person, and that's who she's referring to. That's what I thought in part one, but after seeing this now for the fourth time, I have a different thought, but I'm going to hold off for Mm. now until we get more evidence. But in the nursery, we first see a series of drawings on the wall, and this is what I am seeing. First, like a happy family of three, and then the mom is now in a wheelchair, and the dad appears to be upset. The third one is the dad, I think, looks like a monster now, and the little girl looks scared. I thought that the dad was the one in the wheelchair because he was the one's like, oh, you're going to have to carry me up the stairs. So I always had an impression that he was the one in a wheelchair that somehow can walk now because we're taking on the perspective of him. We've gone back and forth on who the wheelchair belongs to. But let me find this scene. I'm going to play this for you again because I'm fairly certain after watching it this time that it's the mom in the wheelchair. Yes, you're right. The dad is the angry one and the mom's in the wheelchair. And now mom is gone. Dad is looking wild. (laughs) And there's red streaks everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And then following that is writing on the wall. And the first one says, hush, little baby, the night is stark. And then stars fade above you, the room goes dark. Mama used to come tuck you in. Now she's nowhere to be seen. And my biggest problem with that is why did it stop rhyming? The rhyme ended. (laughs) Well, the question is, who's writing this? Is it the kid? I don't know. Because she doesn't quite seem old enough to know words like stark. What about all the selfish and the other words that we see throughout the game? Who's writing those? My theory that I lean towards is he's just seeing this stuff or it's stuff that she used to say to him, his wife used to say to him that just Mm. sticks in his brain now. So I don't know if it's actually written on the walls or if he's just imagining it there. But I think he's sort of Mm -hmm. replaying things that she's said to him. Mm -hmm. All right. So after the light show, we find a lock of hair in the crib in here. This was a special brush, like a horsehair brush, but different. At that point, I hesitated. Will this really work? Fuck it. I was already halfway through, and besides, it's not like I can just put it all back and forget the whole thing. Did he cut his daughter's hair off or his wife's hair off? The hair is another part that he's taking it. I don't know who it is, but it's whoever has been, their human body parts have been harvested by them. It's the same person, and that's 
that person's hair. Yeah, because it makes more sense to me if it's the same person. I just get confused as to why it's in the crib. Maybe it's the whole mama used to tuck you in, so that's why it's by the bed. But we add the hair slash brush to the painting. It shifts into like a zombie. And it's giving real like trigger vibes. Yeah. Last time. It is. It's making you wonder what's the common thread with all these paintings so far. What do you mean by all the paintings? When we see all the paintings throughout the games, each one kind of morphs. Are you just talking about in this room? Oh, just in the game so far. Okay. Like all the different paintings that we kind of focus on. The first time we look at it, it kind of bleeds into like the behind the the scenes, like the flesh of the things. And this one Mm -hmm. looks like it's already unhidden that the the blood in the flesh is of the painting. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I think I get kind of what you mean because, yeah, it feels like as the game progresses and I noticed in this half of the game, things seem to get more intense and I feel Mm -hmm. like we see more paranormal activity and more of these paintings shifting before our eyes so i think that's maybe what you're what you're getting at yeah 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 so i don't know i think maybe he's just descending farther and farther into this terrifying pattern of delusion okay we got two pieces left so in scene two we find the fifth one so we also see a grandfather clock and the time is like moving forward i believe I'm wondering if that has to do with anything or if it just is one of those extra details that they're trying to make the game show like he's traveling forward back in time to its current state or versus his memory to show which state he's in. Yeah, that's a good question because it's not the first time we've seen a clock. We've been jump scared by one a couple times even. So mm-hmm. I I don't know what it could symbolize. Maybe just his confusion of time. Because that seems to be something that's happening. Alright, so after wandering around a bit, we pick up a bottle of whiskey and another memory plays. Hey there, princess. What? Oh, (laughs) this is daddy's medicine. Whenever daddy's hurting, this helps the hurt go away. No, don't touch that! Oh god, I'm so... Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did he hit her? I think so. And I think it's a good indicator that he has a drinking issue. Either he hit her or either his tone of voice just scared her. I don't know which one it is. I'm leaning towards him hitting her. Or at least like forcefully grabbing her away. Like grabbing her arm maybe and pulling her away. Mm -hmm. Something Mm -hmm. that was probably just a little more intense than needed to be. So there's a point where we enter a room that looks kind of basement-y and creepy and there's a like a chain hanging from the ceiling and when we pull it it sounds like it's perhaps connected to somebody in a painful way because there are like shrieks and painful cries every time we pull on the chain who's being tortured what is this is it his wife maybe chained to a wheelchair and something like that i don't know it's really odd to me because it sounds more like a man but mm-hmm. I don't feel like I want it to be a man. I feel like that doesn't make sense in the context of the game. And this is where I kind of go back to, is he a serial killer? But that's not my theory anymore. So I don't I don't understand I don't who's on the is. other end of this chain. And there's a lot of crying from here on out. 
And I don't know if it's all the same person. Because there's like two distinct cries. And I don't know if one is a baby and one is the wife. Continuing on, we find a pile of broken paintbrushes, which reveals another quote. <laughs> you fucking took it from me! My gift! I want it back, you hear me? I will bring you back! Drag if I have to! I will make it right, honey, I promise! I will make you right! My first note on this is that he sounds much more unstable than he has previously. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds more bipolar because he goes from, like, confused to, like, anger real quickly. And yeah. I will make you right? Like, who says that besides an abuser? And this is where my, my theory begins. But I don't know if I want to share it yet. So just remember that quote. Okay. And we'll keep going for now. Do you have anything before the clock? <laughs> the Hickory Dickory Dot clock? <laughs> That's my next note. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we find this chest with a clock inside. Hickory Dickory Dot. The mouse ran up the clock. The clock struck one. Horror ran down. Hickory Dickory Dot. <laughs> I think he's getting a little crazier progressively. Mm-hmm. Also, pretty sure that's not how the song goes. Yeah. I don't... This one, I don't... I don't know. But another clock, to your point. We saw earlier one of the little rat just guiding us and waiting for us. And I'm wondering (laughs) if this rat is maybe like the good spirit trying to guide us through the house. I love that little rat. He's so cute. (laughs) His little eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll give you a little bit more information on this. From my first playthrough when I was collecting notes, you can find a ton of rat traps. You can find Mm -hmm. a letter from an exterminator. You find lots of sketches about Mm -hmm. rats. And it seems like some of them are maybe real and some of them are more hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So there's something about the rats that really gets to him. Again, jumping ahead to the next item, it's a compact mirror. And we hear a woman saying, You know... Even though you are my rival and the source of all my sorrows, you're also the only one I can still talk to. The only one who will listen. I'm not sure if it's funny or merely pathetic. (laughs) Probably both. And so this is when I... Because we've been thinking maybe there's an affair going on. Mm -hmm. And this feels like it would solidify that. But for some reason, I just feel like that's not what she's talking about and i almost feel like (laughs) and i'll explain more later i feel like she's talking to maybe a portrait of herself or of another woman or just to the paintings in general okay i can see that i feel like that would work i thought this was before they were married and this is when they're still he's still trying to like flirt with her terribly flirt with her that's my first thought but i could totally see her talking to a non-human about this so in the library room there's a hidden phone that rings and when we find it and answer it a woman says talk to me why won't you talk to me then we play some phone tag find the next phone call and she says you promised the third phone says this solves nothing it never has it never will 
And the fourth and final call says, you deserve this, all of it. And then that sort of fades out as the phone melts. Anything before we discuss what, what comes out of the phone? Well, <laughs> It's not okay. Andrew Earlicker. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the discussion first, but it starts with talk to me. Why don't you talk to me? And I'm assuming this kind of goes in chronological order. But this mm-hmm. is probably starting at the downfall of him and his crippling alcoholic addiction. <laughs> Maybe she's talking to a bottle of alcohol instead of a painting. Oh, <laughs> no, but it's obviously it's contempt directed to him and it's him with his alcohol addiction. She's trying to help him and he probably doesn't want help. And then she just kind of gets mad. And then in the end, she just like, forget it. You're in a mess. You deserve this. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. And then her saying this solves nothing, never has, never will. That might be maybe the necklace that we find later. Maybe he gives her gifts or maybe mm-hmm. she's talking about him drinking, just drowning mm-hmm. his sorrows. But out of the melted phone uh, pops out a, a finger. I needed something to add the, how should I put it, final touches. Finger. I needed a finger. Chopped it off. Easier than sawing a leg. Washed it. Dried it in an oven. Fell asleep. Almost burned it. Will I manage to pull this off? Okay, number one. Does this mean that he has sawed a leg off before? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's disturbing. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) And why does he need a finger? Is he using this finger as a paintbrush for, like, finger painting? Or... I think it's, like, the like a texturing tool. Like, he's using it to add texture to the Can painting, is what I finger? imagine. Like, why does he need Apparently not. Finger? And it has to be dry for some reason, too. <laughs> I'm, uh, well, oh, God. I don't even know what to think. Maybe drying it out preserves it? So it's not just a one-use tool? But anyway, number two, is he putting... His wife in the painting t- as a way to hide her body? Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit shocked that... Is he using her body parts to make his final painting? I think so. Like, we've been wondering, is it multiple women? Is it multiple people? Oh, my God. I'm leading towards it just being her now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well... The, the next point I have is looking at the desk. So in the desk, one of the drawer he opens up has like a bunch of these medals. And it looks almost like something you would give to a war vet or something. And that's why I was still kind of flip-flopping thinking that maybe he's the one in a wheelchair because he's a survivor. Or not in a wheelchair, but he has some injuries because he was a war vet and he got medals is he in a wheelchair then or did he heal better or was this i don't know what do you think yeah no these are these are good valid questions because i think the game does a little too much to confuse us and i don't know if it's purposeful with with the whole wheelchair thing because they introduced that he has a limp and that there's something wrong with his leg which maybe that he lost his leg in a war or something and what that has to do with the game as a whole, I'm not sure why his limp, what that would have to do with anything, except maybe it's just a hint he was in war and maybe that, you know, brings some PTSD into this whole thing and gives a reason for why he's so unhinged. 
But I think it's a little bit too confusing because they show us the, the wife in the wheelchair, but then they also highlight that he has a limp. Mm-hmm. So it's it's confusing, I think. Yet he jokes that she'll, she'll need to carry him up. I was like, she's in a wheelchair. Like, you can sit <laughs> in her lap and you guys can go up the elevator, but like, what? <laughs> I don't think she's in a wheelchair at that point. Oh. We'll, Does we'll he discuss. break her legs? <laughs> we'll discuss. <gasps> Sawed off her leg. No, we'll discuss. Maybe he no. sawed off his own leg. Because here's why I've been thinking it's not her leg. is just because we've put every other part of her in this painting. So why would they mention the leg and not have that added to the painting? Mm-hmm. Which it still could be. But now that we're talking about, like, the war and his limp, I'm wondering, did he have to saw his leg off? Either from a war injury or just for whatever reason. Well, I don't think you'd be like, sawing off his own leg. If he's in war, there's going to be other people around You wouldn't that, think maybe. so. <laughs> but maybe he even, he even just witnessed it. And I will say we might just be going down a, a rabbit trail here because I have seen these medals in other drawers, so it could just be mm. standard, like, background aesthetic, you know, to add mm-hmm. things to make it look lived in. So it could just be nothing. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of like these theories, though. <laughs> yes. All right, so back in the studio, we add the finger to the painting, and the zombie turns into a slightly less dead-looking woman. So, okay, we've come a long way since the smudges and the the flamingos. There's a room with weird rat lady paintings, and in one of these paintings, we find a dead rat, and we hear, Do you mind explaining this to me? I know what it is. Care to tell me how it got in my workshop? Stop lying. We both know it couldn't have gotten there on its own. So who's the one putting these rats there is it his wife or is his child we know that the rats bother him so maybe his wife's putting them in his workshop to just piss him off because he's ignoring her and being drunk or my other question is are there actual rats or is he imagining it he thinks they're lying they didn't do it because it doesn't exist but he thinks it's real and so he's getting angry over nothing That's my other question, is that, are we sure these rats exist? So I think at the time of this quote, I think they were real, and I think he didn't Mm -hmm. like the rats, and that's why she put one in there Mm -hmm. to get on his nerves, and maybe all of that sort of just amplified into this Mm -hmm. weird, obsessive fear that he has with rats, and now he's Mm -hmm. hallucinating them as -hmm. a result. So moving on, we find a room with a bed, And it erupts into flames, and there's some gauze on the nightstand, which reveals another memory. Is that her? Can she hear us? This is all fixable, right? No, you don't understand her face, her hands. I... she will be devastated. So, is he talking about... She's devastated at her own injuries, and this is like a result of a fire that's causing her damage. Or is it her devastation because something happened and she can no longer paint, and therefore she's mad, and that's why she broke those paintbrushes? I will make you right, as in he'll heal her. Okay. (laughs) I'm thinking about what you said, because the quote surrounding the paintbrushes, I've never thought about her breaking them Mm -hmm. so now i'm i'm considering that (laughs) 
because I was leaning to, well, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it <laughs> until we get to the last or second to last quote mm -hmm. because we need all the information to, to discuss this. But do we think that this is the wife or the daughter? Who's being burnt? I think it's the wife. Okay, I think so too. And then just another thing I want to highlight on this for now before we move on is when he talks about her face, her hands, and then he says, I, but then changes it to she will be devastated. I think this is a hint that leads me to my overall theory of like, he doesn't like the way she looks anymore because her face is burnt. Maybe those drawings is of his wife where when you take the goss off, that's the flesh that has been exposed because of the fire. And when I heard him mm -hmm. saying, I, I almost thought he was going to say, like, I didn't mean for this to happen. Because the, the question remains, what started the fire? Maybe we should put a pin in this for now, but mm -hmm. we both agree it's the wife and yeah, her face is messed up now. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, is the necklace your next note? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the necklace, uh, we hear, God, I am such an idiot. To think that someone like me could ever compete with you in all your sublime beauty, everlasting, immortal. So it's these last two words that really solidified my theory for me. Mm -hmm. Everlasting and immortal. Those two quotes make me wonder if she truly is competing with either a portrait of herself or a portrait of another woman. And yeah. And so he's more in love with this portrait. And while well, she now is disfigured and so can't compete with the portrait or the memory of her, then this is where, it, because we know he's an artist and that's all he is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And what do all artists have? And I don't hate artists, okay? I, I took a lot of <laughs> art classes in, in high school and in, in elementary, elementary, middle school. Yeah, you did. I took a lot of art classes. <laughs> I, like, I like creativity. I just don't like when that's your only personality trait. So I'm not hating on artists anyway. But um, all people like this guy. They have a muse, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe she's his muse. But now that she's disfigured, she's not his muse anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is why your comment about the paintbrush quote. Mm -hmm. I had to think about that because when he was saying, like, you took it from me, I'll get it back. I was thinking, and this is depending on timeline again. By getting it back is her por painting a portrait of her as she was rather than as she is now. Mm -hmm. So that he has his muse back. But according oh. to the timeline, I think your point is valid if she's just trying to sabotage his work mm -hmm. by breaking paintbrushes. Because my thought was that she's also a painter. At first, I thought it was like, I can't compete with you and not the painting like i could see it going both ways but when it's just like kind of saying it's everlasting that makes me feel like it's it has to do something that stopped in time which kind of goes back to the clocks so i don't yes let me let me um add something else to that okay because i think you're onto something but We've had more hints to her being a musician. We find mm -hmm. the, the violin and we've heard her playing the piano. And we have that mm -hmm. one quote where he's like, don't stop playing because like it helps me paint. So mm -hmm. maybe even 
the violin refuses yeah either she refuses to to keep playing for him or her hand is damaged and she can't keep playing for him she is injured and that's why he's like like what are you doing up or like whatever he says like you can't play the violin Mm -hmm. it's because it's dangered or my other new crazy theory is that he knows that she knows she can't compete, so he knows that she's going to try to sabotage him. So he needs to hurt her first, and therefore breaking her legs and lighting her face on fire. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> I think we're close. Not long after discovering the necklace, we find a room containing a vanity on which all of these items of the woman's that we found so far are are on it. And mm-hmm. we kind of look at them and then her voice fills the room and says, I finally figured it out. And it's all thanks to you. You've showed me that there is no other way. Even now, your sad smile confirms what should have been obvious. We will not speak again. So I don't know if there's anything you want to jump into. <laughs> I feel like this is, this is, a woman who he has an affair with. I, I don't feel like this is his wife or it's just really early in the timeline. Like, Or it's when they're angry right before her injuries. I don't know what it is. Let me find is. that scene because there's something I noticed this time that I didn't mm-hmm. notice the other times. Because there's a mirror, so I was wondering if she was talking to herself. Mm-hmm. But I noticed oh. this time watching with you, there's a portrait above the mirror. So I think she is talking to this painting. Oh. And I don't, I wish I could zoom in because that might even be the yeah. same necklace that we find. I mean, it looks Let's see if I can similar. Zoom in. It might be the same necklace. I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm wondering if this is a portrait of her. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to her old non-disfigured self. And when she says like your sad smile, that matches up with that painting mm-hmm. too. The sad smile represents her just looking back in time, knowing that she was never happy back then. And that's, yeah, like an indicator. And it's an older portrait. Mm hmm. And now he doesn't like her anymore, which I think will lead into the, the next, next item. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and don't forget that she ended it by saying, We will not speak again, because then we find. A bloody knife in the bathroom. And the quote we hear with this one is... What is taking so long? Open this fucking door! I need to go! Open up! Hell is... Oh, God. No. No, 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 no. What have you done? No! I think she tried to take her own life because then we look at the tub and... Maybe she was in the tub and... Yeah. Yeah. I think the reason why is because she can't compete with her old self. And we already know he's obsessed with his artwork. And so he's probably more obsessed with this picture of her, at least. Or maybe even she's just perceiving that because he doesn't give her the kind of attention that she used to get. And we know that from her her dream when she says he came to me like he used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything before the eyeball? Nope. Next okay, point. so <laughs> in the same bathroom in the, I think, bloody tub, we stick our face in the water and, like, see weird visions. I don't really understand what's happening here, but at the end of it, we find an eyeball in a jar. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, Finally, someone had to bear witness. I couldn't just look at my own work. Art and the artist needed an audience, a critical eye on things. I knew what I had to do. I gouged it, scooped it up like ice cream, felt like a butcher, a monster, but at least there was to come something beautiful from all this filth. Why did he describe it like that? <laughs> why does he describe up? anything the way he describes it? That's true, but why would you... S- why would you say scooped it up like an ice cream when you're talking about gouging someone's eye? Like, who does that? So the eye is, I guess, added to the painting, which then turns into a woman. And the artist is very happy at first until it morphs into the same woman, but with a burn mark on her face. Mm-hmm. And then he yells, this time I almost had it. And he tosses the painting into a room filled with dozens of identical paintings. So when we entered the room... There's either three possible things that are happening. Is that one, he's plagued with the same inspiration for the drawing and he keeps drawing it and he only realizes it at the end of it. Two, he's cursed that he can only draw that drawing because it's it's like a curse of him killing his own wife or, or whatever and that's the last image and he can only draw that now. Or three, he can't ever finish what he started like with the art exhibit because he can't make a painting of something else besides that. So first, let's back up just a second because after he tosses his painting, we wake up back in the house. He finds the key from his office again, unlocks the studio again, and it's just like the start of the game. And Mm -hmm. the same starting painting reveals itself. Mm -hmm. The overall idea is that he can't draw anything else. He's stuck drawing the same thing whether or not he intends to and can't move on with his life. He's stuck in that same recurring pattern. We get more hints to that because in the cubbies in that studio room, that's where we put all of the <laughs> ingredients that we find. And he writes the quote that he says when he picks them up in the cubby. And at the end of the game, not only do we repeat finding the key, coming to this room, the painting's the same. We see that this quote has been written over itself multiple times. And so I think it's pretty clear that he's been repeating this process constantly. Do you have an overall theory? Do you want me to to share my overall theory or is there anything else that you want to discuss first? My theory's too broken. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. So my theory is basically she or her music was like his muse. That's how he made this amazing art. Mm -hmm. And then the fire happened. I'm not sure how or why, if it was an accident. She gets disfigured from the fire. She's not beautiful anymore. She can't play her music anymore. He starts to love her and appreciate her less and less until she kills herself. And then he feels guilty and also just wants his muse back so that he can get his gift back of painting. And his attempt at doing this is using her body to create a portrait of her in an attempt to bring her back. But he seems to only be able to paint her disfigured form and that's why he gets frustrated at the end says i almost had it maybe he even does paint a proper portrait but his mind like he's so screwed up that all he sees is the disfigured version of her or maybe she's just haunting him i like that where does the child fit in see there's one of my episode look back says where's the daughter she's the rat did she die in the fire 
is she the rat? You know, like I like that idea because it explains why she's in a wheelchair in that one scene and how it happened and why he yeah. decides to keep parts of her body. I feel like that's a very comprehensive theory about everything we've seen so far in trying to make sense of all this. The third person that's saying that, oh, I dreamt of this other person, but we always knew he lost it after you more. Who's that person? I think she's talking to her old self or that portrait of her. Mm. I think she starts to lose it, too. Probably. Because of his behavior. Yeah. And so maybe at some point they both go insane and their daughter gets taken away from them. And then that really pushes her to do what she does. Yeah. I don't know, because we don't ever get, I don't think, unless there's a note that we can find, any conclusive evidence as to what happens to the daughter. I feel like the daughter may have started the fire based on how her angry she is with her dad, but... Maybe she dies in the fire? Maybe that's what also pushes the wife over the edge. Honestly, I feel like this whole... Unless like that's the purpose of the daughter in the story is pushing them over the edge. Uh-huh. I don't understand the purpose of the daughter <laughs> in yeah. this game. I think we answered as many questions as we could. Mm-hmm. And I think our ending timeline is pretty, pretty close. And the theories are probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, anything else that you want to say for Layers of Fear or Scary Christmas? It's not like I'm not happy with the ending or I'm happy. I'm just left confused. So this is one of the games where it's Mm -hmm. not like I don't like it, but it's not like I like it. It's just I'm very... Yeah. And it's not even neutral. I'm just still confused. I think it's one where it kind of has to sink in. And I've Mm -hmm. had the... I mean, I've I've had the opportunity to see it four times now. Mm -hmm. So I've obviously had a lot more time with it <laughs> than you have yes. um but i think as it sinks in it'll make more sense and maybe in the uh, season wrap-up you'll have more to say about it but we did mm-hmm. it you got did through it. scary christmas you got through another scary game i did it well you're getting better thank you i guess we will see you all in the season wrap-up episode in a few days and merry christmas yes scary christmas <laughs> you want to count us yes. up? Audacity on one, three, two, one. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to send in any questions, comments, or game suggestions. You can find all our contact info on our website, replayreviewspod.com, or contact us directly through our site. Did we completely miss something? Are we way off the mark? Or do you just want us to take a deeper look at anything from the game? We'll tackle any topics you all want to hear in our season wrap-up episode. We also have a Reddit where we discuss anything we're curious about. Go take a look and let us know what you're thinking. Our theme music is Condemned by Eggy Toast. They'll play you out, and we'll be back next week.